Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. I am thrilled to be here with you on stage presenting those of the films that we enjoy that talk about people and stuff. <laughs> Pretty much. We're coming back to you with a second installment of The Fun Five. We're going to just go over five films that we both mainly enjoy and uh, and just choose a very specific genre. We did comedy last time. Mm -hmm. We're doing drama this time. And uh, so unlike our normal movie reviews, we are not going to dissect these as intently because we'd like the uh, episode to not be five hours long. Correct. And I feel like in giving just uh, a roundabout, here's our score. Uh, if you've listened to us long enough, you can compare them to some of the other scores that we've given. If you haven't listened to us, you can at least get an idea on what our sensibilities are for the movies that we like and the things that we like. Exactly. We'll do a few more of these for some other genres in the in the coming months, and that way we'll have a nice kind of rounded out grouping of scores. Uh, that is, assuming that I ever put them up on the website, <laughs> I'm a little behind. <laughs> Someday never comes. Uh, it feels like that. But, you know, we got past the hard part of the year in, in our other lives. Uh, well, maybe not. No, it's just going to get... It's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. But we've got like a lull coming. We've we got, got a little, lull, yes. we got a little lull coming. But, uh, well, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to putts around here and, and make it take too long. We're just going to jump right into a jump with both feet. We got some good ones. Yeah, we do. We, we wanted to have some, some films that you've probably seen, some that you've most likely enjoyed. And if not, uh, if not what's, uh, what's wrong with you? I mean, really. <laughs> and when we review these... Uh, if you haven't listened to them, we, we're not going to be super spoilery. No. But, you know, some of these, they just lend to having spoilers. Well, really one of them, for sure, without a doubt, is super spoilery. But the yeah. rest, you, I think everybody knows how the movies well, go. So. Plus, these films, the newest uh, came out in 2011. I mean, some of these were back in 1994. So if you haven't seen it by now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> we will start in the year of 2007 with a, a, a director that we happen to love, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a Mr. Ridley Scott, you know, the man that, that gave us so many just big budget, big feeling films like Blade Runner and Gladiator and The Martian and all sorts of great stuff. American Gangster. American Gangster, yes. Um, I, I think what you'll find with a lot of the Ridley Scott stuff is he definitely gets a good cast. Um, okay. And this was this was one of those that just cast is just it's it's an amazing cast uh, that very top heavy, but mm -hmm. throughout the middle it's. Pretty darn good too. Well, yeah, you just keep seeing faces that you recognize, and it combines all the elements of a film that will kind of last for a while. Mm -hmm. You get the you get the director that you like, you get the cast, you mix it with a ridiculous soundtrack, mm -hmm. and a story that's based on real life, taking some some uh, <laughs> liberties with it, 
Very <laughs> but, big liberties. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, it's, it's one of those you know, one of those stories that oh, I heard about that. This person told me about that thing. It get it all together and it just it just lasts. And I I tell you what, this film. I mean, Denzel can can do anything. He, he he's always kind of Denzel in every film, but that's just fine. Yeah. If if you had to press me with a question of who is your favorite actor? Go and you had two seconds off the top of my head. My first response would be Denzel Washington, yeah. and you're right. He does play the same character for the most part in all his all his roles, but he does it so well that you you don't care, <laughs> right? Like you don't even notice really until afterwards. You're like, oh hey, that's the same Denzel character. Great, he did awesome. Could be. He's just so good at it. I don't, yeah, he I don't puts know. little tweaks on it here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, enough to keep it keep it interesting. But uh, yeah, combine that with Russell Crowe, who again in is good in essentially everything always. Mm-hmm. So you've got two just heavyweights, heavyweights, and then we just just sprinkle in. It's like yeah, we'll just have Josh Brolin in a handful of scenes. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Josh, Josh Brolin, you know, if, if we remember, uh, was in Goonies, right? right? So Josh Brolin has been doing his thing for a long time. Right. And maybe you've seen his face a lot more the last 10 years because he's been doing so many more things that are just top-notch, him being out there being awesome, but he's He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, he hit a, he hit he hit his stride, is what we're saying. I mean, we talked about uh, this nice gentleman a couple times because we've uh, done comic book films. Who is this again, Richard? Chiwetel. Uh, I, I Gio Four. Sure. Yes. <laughs> he, he's uh he's fantastic. He was great in uh, in uh, Doctor Strange, but uh, yeah, the, just just a really good actor to begin with. Uh, but he. He has a fairly prominent role in this as one of the brothers, and then yep. you get to see uh, you get to see RZA show up, which is just funny to me to begin with. Anytime it's like, oh yeah, I know who you are, the RZA. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you if you just keep going down, so like l- look at some of these names here. So John Hawks has been in like so many things. Uh, Carla Gugino had her like. Her hot streak oh, was yeah. right around here. I had such a crush on her at one point. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. shows up, right? Just kind of briefly. The Richie Coster, you've seen him in. Oh yeah, everything. Uh, Armand Desante is <laughs> Armand Desante. Right. The, the the best the best part about this uh, is Idris Elba is in this movie. The very beginning of the film. Well, uh, where he's. Uh, they're at the what the donut shop. That's right. What are you going to do? Shoot me in the street? <laughs> yes. And, and that that was it. And I don't even know if at the time many people really really knew who Idris Elba was. Maybe maybe not in America at least. Um, common Ti. But I, I mean, that's the other thing. I want you to think about that. So we talked about Riza and Common and Ti. They're all the Lucas brothers. So it's like well. Let's just cast rappers as his brothers. <laughs> and, you know, some of those people, you recognize them, and some of them you don't because 
as much as we know them as rappers, they can actually do well on screen. Oh, you're not kidding. So the whole the whole picture is is really it, it's an acting showcase. It yes. is really what this thing is. Now, if you haven't seen this before, it's a long film. So yep. so strap in. It 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 has a bit of a runtime, but just the plot is engaging. I know you called it a little bit uh a little bit of convolution in there, but yeah. So it is. It is when you see the advertisements for it. It is based on a true story, although highly loosely based on a true story, as most true to film things tend to be. Uh, but just the situational. A lot of the names, a lot of the situations are probably there, but then after that, it just kind of spirals out of control would be my guess but that's okay because the story is good the people are good the faces are, are good the music's great um, I think I mentioned to you before uh, this is one of two films that I actually own on HD DVD uh, yes I, I loved it so much that uh, this was when you got the HD DVD player you got the Hong the not the Hong Kong the the King Kong movie with it so I didn't. This is the only movie that I actually ever purchased on HD DVD. So well, uh, and talking about the soundtrack, I mean, this is this is a period piece. So it's all music from the '70s, and it's specifically like all the best R and B from that time period. John it, Lee Hooker, Staples, Rascals. Oh, I mean, it's, it's so good. You can't you can't hear this without it just kind of sticking with you all day. Um, it is a violent film, quite a bit of violence, quite a bit of language. Never bothers us very much. Smidgen nope. of nudity here and there, um, but uh, it's it's really kind of just um, it's really enjoyable. Every time I watch it, I just uh, I get wrapped up on it. If it if I were still watching regular television and this came on a channel, it's like, all right, I'm just going to leave it on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I have I have 100% done that, especially when the scene we just talked about, because I've had it timing-wise just show up like that. I When, when I flipped the, the, the screen to it and they're all sitting there in the cafe, I'm like, yep, I know what's – I'm sticking with this one for the next five minutes just because it's such a <laughs> – he, he grabs that, uh, that sugar container and <laughs> – marches on over <laughs> it's it's a good movie and if you haven't watched it and you like these actors at all it is a showcase it's great yeah definitely this is this is a in, in my mind this is a must watch um so let's go ahead and just give it a give it a little score there richarito uh nine zero that's that, a ninety. Yeah, that's that's a that's a solid score. I'm I'm right around that same area. I got to give this a ninety-two. This is uh, approaching near perfection in filmmaking. It's it's so so good. Um, yeah. So this film, even with everything, kind of leaves you on like that. You got that little bit of rush, that little bit of adrenaline, that that high high note at the end. You know the way the plot comes together. Uh, the next film we're <laughs> going to talk about, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> it is a stark contrast in presentation from a story standpoint. It yeah. takes a turn. Yes, it does. So, again, uh, we were talking about uh, the films that would have that, that spoiler. 
So we're going to talk about uh, a 2004 film now, uh, Million Dollar Baby. If you have not seen it and you intend to watch it and you do not want to be spoiled, you may want to skip forward just a smidge uh, until we stop talking about it. But uh, oh, we were talking about this beforehand, uh, talking about the Internet being a different thing in that time and day. Mm -hmm. And right now, as soon as a movie is released, Unfortunately, you can go to various websites uh, and see stories. Unfortunately, you can just see headlines of a story and get a lot of things spoiled in a movie. Oh, yeah. But in 2004, that wasn't it wasn't the age of instant information. Right. It's still the age of information that was booming, but not instant information. So No. I I just I was so you know, this is not one of those films that I want to watch over and over and over again. It's, it's really good. It's like we were talking about American History X earlier. It's one of those films like, oh, that's really good. I don't want to watch it all that often because it's pretty dark in, in what it deals with. But it's excellent. And this kind of falls in that. And just thinking about the number of people that went in things like, I'm going to watch Rocky, but for girls. <laughs> and... I, I mentioned this before we started recording. I'm just a sucker for Clint Eastwood, period. Um, I'm a sucker for Westerns. I'm a sucker for things that he's in, uh, things things that he directs. And this is one of his pictures to a T because he's he does storytelling pretty simplified. Sure. He does cuts and scenes pretty simplified. We're, we're not talking about fancy switches between things. We're not talking about CGI. It's just storytelling. It's it's actors, actresses coming together. Um, and, and from what I understand, uh, I've, I've had stories of, I think it was uh, Matt Damon saying he was recording something for Invictus, I think is what it was. And he recorded something, and Clint Eastwood's like, yep, Cut it. That's that's the take. And um, he's like, well, wait a second. I think I could do better at that. And then he like Clint Eastwood's all grumbly like, so you're telling me like you like telling me like <laughs> you're telling me you didn't do your best there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so like cut it. We're going to move on. So he it's not like he sits there and overanalyzes things. It's just like one of those very efficient things, which when it comes to movies that he tells, I appreciate that mm -hmm. we don't we don't get into the craziness. That's not really his type no. of movie. No, no. And it's just, for me, Clint Eastwood's kind of a take it or leave it. Sometimes, sometimes he hits the right nose for me and sometimes he doesn't. Uh, so long as I don't have to think about his uh, political affiliation or anything else. Correct. <laughs> We're in good shape for just talking about his art. Yeah. Yeah. Generally more often than not, he's going to do well for me. The fact that, that you got Hillary Swank in this, who, is for or was for a long time just really underrated and then she kind of just like hit like one or two films like oh she can act the hell out of anything and it's like yeah she was in a karate kid she was and she was like the best part of that film uh, it, it was kind of funny i mean even watching like uh, Marita, it felt like Pat Marita had just kind of mentally checked out at that point, <laughs> yes. watching his combat scenes in that film. Was like, oh, oh, that was, that was really bad. Uh, but uh, but you know, she was giving her giving it her all, and she's got some physicality. Speaking of which, I really hope she shows up in the final season 
that's what I was wondering too is if she's gonna make just even uh, one episode, just like just one walks into the gym and is like, "Hey guys," but that would be that would be more than enough, just a nod. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. But you know, she's awesome generally. Morgan Freeman, I mean, is Morgan Freeman. You know, he's he's going to make anything great. My my favorite Canadian is in here. <laughs> Jay Baruchel. Uh, Baruchel. Yeah, I believe that's right. Uh, but but this is the time frame where he was showing up a lot in a different in a yeah. bunch of different movies. So he was hot. Now we we see a couple other people in here that were maybe on their way to becoming the big names and, and hot items, yeah, right? Got, got several Marvel actors in this Exactly, film. yeah. And you got Mike Coulter in the Netflix series. Uh, he was he was Luke Cage. He did great in that. He's great in everything. But uh, Anthony Mackie was in this. And uh, you got Michael Pena, who was just you know awesome. I love that dude. I love Ricky Lindholm, no matter what. If you are into comedy in the slightest bit, uh, chances are you've seen her do something. Yeah, Garfunkel and Oates are just amazing as a group. They're super funny. Um, yeah, just the and, you know the supporting cast has a lot of faces that you'll probably recognize this too. And the twist, oh, the twist mid-film where it takes you from that that heroic tale to just that dealing with the idea of quality of life and what is a life worth living it is such a dramatic turn you see that you you hit that note in a couple movies uh we when we were trying to create this list uh one of the other ones that we had talked about was full metal jacket which is which does that it's like a tale of two movies kind Mm -hmm. of and to to me this is even more of a stark just like just like snap you know, all it takes is a one stool. Yes, and then you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And, and then you you think because it's a, it's a story of she's going to come back. And <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> the level of realism. It's like, oh, they're they're not going to do the Hollywood thing. Oh, different. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Yes, it's it's such. It, the the movie just brings you up and up and up throughout the course of the first you know, what two thirds of the movie yeah maybe three four, three fourths of the movie and you see the characters and you see their them growing and learning and the the actors are good at their parts and then it falls off a cliff yeah. and it's just. Sh- shocking is that even a thing is that oh no it, it definitely is because it's not it's not shocking in a surprising way it's just it's right here's what you're looking at you know some people never have to deal with looking at at, at that kind of pain trauma and death in their lives but this movie does a pretty good job of showing you what it's like i, just, I mean it's still hollywood but it's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty close and 100% if you have not seen this movie it is well worth it oh yeah and most likely it will be the only time you watch it it's yeah. um it's not, like american gangster you can sit down and rewatch that one but this one 
not so much. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, some films I talk about to other people, it's like, this is the film when I'm in this mood I want to watch. This is the film when I'm in a terrible mood that will make me feel better. This is the film, if I watch this, don't talk to me for the next couple of days. Yes, it's, um, you want to be, you want to be sad. Yeah. Is that? I yeah. want I want to be alone after this. Yeah. I just like, mm But uh, yeah, we try not to spoil too much, but even if you know the ending, still watch it. Because you know what's coming, you're not prepared. No, nope. Yeah. Not a bit. That's the thing that really got me about this. Like, even if you know what's coming, you're not prepared. It's, oh, it's like life. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, Mr. Eastwood, you got me. Yes, thank you for not doing what everyone expected it. Right. Expected you to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just crazy good. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Um, that's uh, Let's get away from the downers and go back to something. that We do need some scores, though. Oh, right. I'm about to forget. I just automatically think. Okay. Uh, well, for me, I like this film. It's a little dry in a lot of places. The pacing is slow. Very much so. So combine that with the fact that I'm sad and not in the way I want to be sad at the end of the film, but I have to acknowledge how good it is. I give this an 80. Uh, once again, I'm a sucker for Clint Eastwood, so I did 85 for this one. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Let's, let's go into just pure fun. So long as you don't think about the implications too terribly hard of, of a lot of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's been so much analysis of this next film that we, that we're going to talk about. So we won't get into it too deeply. And if you haven't seen this, I don't know what rock you've been living under. You're probably, if you are listening to us and you're like, 25 or younger thank you i appreciate that right uh, you're probably one of the few uh but uh i would understand why you wouldn't have seen this movie sure um unless you know your parents are like it, it's sitting on, on v, vhs on the shelf <laughs> and <laughs> you're curious about it and, or it's playing for the 13,000th time on tvs yes it, <laughs> amc right uh, we are talking about Forrest Gump, 1994. Um, soft spot in my heart for this. First of all, it's Robert Zemeckis. That guy just has a knack for for directing good films. Yeah, th those types of, I don't know. I don't know if you'll call them feel-good, uplifting, but, but yes. Yeah. Um, and, and then... I mean, I see Flight on there, another one of the Denzel movies, uh, which is not your typical Robert no. Zemeckis movie. Anyway, uh, we, we our age, people from our age will, will think of like Back to the Future, right? Like that's kind of their, that's kind of the, the wheelhouse that we would assume for him. Exactly. Uh, but then, hey, we got, uh, got Castaway on there, Contact. So like there's a, there's a good variety of, of film types that he does. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And then, of course, you got Tom Hanks, who, if you want a film to succeed, uh, that's one of the actors that you go to because he's going to draw. He's He has a wide base of fans and does good in most things and um, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, really, in this film, Sally Field. I mean, I always forget how good she is. 
because I didn't often when I was you know, when I was younger. I didn't watch a lot of stuff she was in because it wasn't to my taste. It wasn't yet. Yep. But she was just amazing in in so many different things, and she did great in this. She wasn't in a ton of scenes, but she often stole the scene away from Tom whenever they were together. Yep. And 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 if we if we think about just Tom in general, so he's doing this one, but. Uh, like we say, he did Castaway. He did uh, Saving Private Ryan. So he's doing. He was hot. He was already hot, but put him in this and put a good soundtrack on it and surround it with that kind of feel good thing, advertising. Yeah, and a, a big southern draw. A and little bit. You got yourself a winner. And you got Robin Wright, who is just just amazing in in everything. Jenna. Uh, we liked an A. We also liked Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, Gary Sinise. This this film had a huge impact on him. <laughs> Not just in terms of, you know, success, but I mean just he still supports a charity that he started doing after this film because of of what it did. Which that's impressive. Yeah. Thirty years on. Right. Um but I mean the one thing I'll say about this, if you haven't seen it, which, again, I would be really surprised at this point, um, you got to go into it with the understanding that this is a narrated film and it is an unreliable narrator. So this is all through the perspective of Forrest. Forrest. Mm-hmm. Who is not a very smart man. Uh, but he knows what love is. But he does. <laughs> But, uh, so, I mean, it's just just a little dipping through the historical periods where he manages to show up at every major historical event for 20 years. Yes, and <laughs> we're talking in this film about uh, CGI stuff from the, the 90s, right. right? So one of the big things is the CGI that they did. So some of the scenes, for example, when he's at the white house and he's talking to the president he's like, I do believe I have to go pay, you know, like, mm-hmm. but, but what they did is they were able to manipulate it at the time for what it was very impressively. And you look at back at it now, it's maybe not, but yeah. they, they were able to move the, the, the mouth and the lips of the already filmed things and kind of coordinate it with, words that they had voice actors do um the legs for lieutenant dan that was just correct because really great because there were scenes in wheelchairs where he did not have his legs and they were just wrapped in green if i'm not mistaken that's correct um and and if i'm also not mistaken i don't know if it says in here um kurt russell did the voice of elvis yeah, that that's that? correct. Uh, anyway, so what I'm saying is they got a lot of, when you say he popped up all the time, he popped up in famous scenes, famous eras, famous things throughout the course of the movie. So although this is a story told by Forrest, it's a really, it's a kind of a condensed story of just that period of, of us, of the United States, of America kind of progressing and and growing through the ages and is it whitewashed yes absolutely (laughs) but is it good still yes very good uh really good soundtrack uh i had it it had two cds um i listened so if you 
one of the things I feel like that that people can't get behind and when somebody does an accent for something and of course uh, the accent for Forrest Gump in this is very overdone pronounced mm-hmm. um, if you're overanalyzing it you won't like it if you just let it go as it is it's just fine and for us it's always those like like we already said like Jenna it's just those couple phrases and verbiages that he's he's done is just ingrained in my head with that draw I watched an interview and they asked him, well, how did you, what was the story behind it? And the kid who played a young Forrest talked like that. You mean Haley Joel Osment? Um, no, that was Haley, Haley Joel Osment was his son. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, the act, actor that, that played the young version of him when he was in his like braces. Right, 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 right. Uh, he said that that's how the kid talked. And so he just kind of, not he kind of just mimicked how that kid talked because that Michael, kid was from Mississippi. Michael Connor Humphreys. Yeah, his dad worked at a grace factory. Well, that's smart. Even if the accent wouldn't have been perfect, at least there would have been consistency. Consistency, and, and they were looking for a means of how to present that accent. So that's what they did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And again, great soundtrack. Fun. Fun story. Um, for me, it's uh, it's not going to hit the, the top of the top, but I can't help but love it. So that's like a, an 83. Uh, I've got a little bit more of an impression on it from maybe it being overplayed by a roommate uh, daily, weekly for about a year straight. So uh, I gave it a little higher score, 91. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some... It's it's great no matter what. Uh, <laughs> it just kind of fills you with life, uh, as opposed to the things that want to suck that life out of you. Uh, like your job. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not the direction I was going with that. That was my segue into the next film, talking about vampires, Richard. Vampires. Okay. Um, we do have another movie that we'll talk about, about people's jobs. Yes. But not what you'd think. Anyway, um, this one is just, this was the bee's knees at the time. When yes, it, came it was. Out. And it was what all the people were clamoring for. Same of, year. Yes. Just like, we're children of that era, right? So we loved, we loved the music. We loved the movies. We loved the everything about it. So Yeah, this was, this was, uh, this was, uh, my you know freshman year in college did you go and watch it on the big screen i did and it was wonderful uh we're talking about interview with the vampire the vampire chronicles uh this has been so popular they did a a television a a episodical remake of this recently i did remember that it was it any good probably not i haven't seen it yet it looks like it actually should be pretty good from what I can tell, I just don't have any time to watch it. Um, based on the Anne Rice novels, screenplay done by the same person, so you know you would get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Neil Jordan. Uh, now, if you don't know Neil Jordan, well, a lot of people don't know who Neil Jordan is, but <laughs> that's unfortunate because, like, The Crying Game was <laughs> a great film. Uh, he, he has some pretty some interesting 
films here and there that he's been a part of. Um, more recently, I don't really see anything, but uh, the Borgias that was popular for a while. Yeah, and a lot of these he's got. He does have a lot of uh, credits for writing as well as the directing portion of it. I always think that's really important. I like it better when the writer and the director are the same people. It just seems to make more sense to me. Well, you get the idea of your story across that way. Yeah, but it didn't matter in this one because I think that the, the tone... See, the big thing about this one for me, above and beyond the fact that the cast was awesome, you know, this is like a... this is. It feels like a period piece, but it's a multiple period piece because it's progressing through history as told as a biography. Yes. And I always liked I always liked that kind of a film to begin with. Mix with it the fact that it was vampires, which are my favorite monster in all the monsters. Uh, and you just get this little opportunity for something really slick, and that's exactly what it was. The if It sounds weird, but I mean, as good as everything else is, what what does the film? The costuming. And the look on these. Now, I, I, I want to say, leading up to this, the, the idea of the vampire was not what the idea of the vampire is today. No. Right? So it changed a lot. And, and, and we were talking a little bit. I was saying I was a little bit more of a Bram Stoker's Dracula mm -hmm. type of person as opposed to... Uh, an interview with a vampire type of person. Right. Uh, but still, e even then, you're looking at a just a different idea, more... Seductive. Seductive, yes, yes. So that was one of the powers that they have. And, and I see, I, I know that that is a thing in... in I, I watched all the True Blood stuff, right? So that's part of the part of the draw of that one too mm -hmm. is the seductiveness but more there, there's more to it than that in quote today's vampire i would say yeah uh, or we look at a blade movie right where it's right. more like i'm strong and i can kill people type of thing so Though there's certain there's still a certain level of seduction in that um you don't really i mean it's like back in the old nosferatu black and white that's a, a drastically different uh, uh, drastically different portrayal of a vampire. And you can, the vampire mythos changes over time. And I, I love seeing that change for the most part. I mean, I will accept, you want to do a 30 days of night version of a vampire mm -hmm. that is just frightening. There's no seduction there. Nope. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. That works. If you want to do, you know, like the, the more seductive, that works for me. You know, anything in between, so long as they don't sparkle, because vampires do not sparkle. Yeah. Um, that, was a, that was a teen drama, though. That's what that one was. Teen drama is fine. Vampires do not sparkle. Um, but what about the things they do in the shadows? I love that. So you can even do comedy with it, oh, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. you can do... You can be silly with it, mm -hmm. but those vampires didn't sparkle. No. What? Though they Neither. do make fun of it a little uh, bit. <laughs> these vampires didn't sparkle. No, no. These, these, um, these, yeah, these, these were the sexy vampires, especially when you get Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. I mean, you're going to, you're going to portray them as, as good as you can. Christian Slater did great in his part in it. I mean, he wasn't in a ton of the film. I mean, he just kind of pops in in there because he's the guy doing the interviewing. The interview. But uh, a very young Kirsten uh, Dunst. Um, yeah, I mean, this has got a really killer 
killer cast into it. And it's like, well, we need another sexy vampire to, to play uh, opposite them. Who are we going to get? Well, let's get Antonio Banderas. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> and and even Antonio Banderas, like we know him now more so than then. But, gosh, what was he doing then? He was doing the... Um, Oh, the one where you carry around the guitars and you know. Uh, oh, De- Desperado. Desperado, that? yes. Like mm-hmm. this is more the the that period, the Zorro. Yeah. So people mm-hmm. were just not not just, but he was just getting hot. Like he was getting ramped up right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and I really like the uh, I really like the storytelling. It's kind of a fun way of doing things. It hit me at exactly the right time for what it was. Um, yeah. I, I love this film. I will watch it over and over and over and over and over and over. It's one of my favorites. I enjoy it, but I probably haven't seen this movie in a 20 years, I'd say. It's been a while. It's been a while for me. It's not been that long, but uh, it's probably been you know, seven, seven years since I've seen it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've probably seen it maybe 30 times. Did you have it on VHS? I have it on DVD. Did I have it on VHS at the time? No, because I was a college student, and I had no room for that. VHS tapes, tapes were still... You still had to buy them for like 15 20 bucks back then. Yeah, they were, so they were not cheap. Even the retail price for those hasn't changed a whole lot, which is one of the few things from an entertainment value standpoint that hasn't really skyrocketed in the last... 30 years. It's a good thing, too, because I want my movies. Uh, but yeah, this is a killer killer film for me. Um, I know it sounds like it's a little low for saying that I'll watch it over and over and over again, but maybe it's because I've watched it over and over and over again. Uh, still, really solid. Almost into the 90s. i got to give this an 89. Um, I went with a just a perfectly good score of an 84. Yes. Absolutely more than good enough. I mean... Eventually, we're probably going to have to put some sort of a spreadsheet together or maybe some way of tracking things uh, for these films. Oh, wait. We have that. It's on Only somebody would have built and programmed <laughs> and put together for hours on end something for our listeners to see that on. That was intended to be a, a silly segue uh, into... Uh, <laughs> The next film because of spreadsheet spreadsheets and stuff but uh yeah the we're gonna talk we're gonna end in the year of 2011 uh another brad pitt film back-to-back brad pitt because i love brad pitt can't help it he's just good and fantastically good in everything um we're gonna talk about moneyball moneyball the the fact that they did a movie about this uh, just goes to show, well, one, how popular, at least then, uh, how popular baseball was. It, because it's a story, I'm, I'm simplifying this, but it's a story about how people created a their major league team using the power of analytics. <laughs> Right? Like <laughs> math to win baseball. Correct. <laughs> For most, that doesn't sound like a very appealing story. No. 
but you put the right people behind it. And in this case, it was a lot of the right people. And it turns the story into something that's just a little bit more interesting, even if you don't care about baseball and or analytics. Well, depending upon who you talk to, it's, it's not actually the story about how to use math to win baseball. That was just the mechanism to what the actual story was, where Correct. you are somebody in an unfair system and you're trying your hardest to make something happen. How do you beat the system? And this was how they did it. Yeah. Um, like most things translated from real life to uh, the screen, not accurate. <laughs> but um, a lot of the storytelling pieces and the elements actually were more accurate in this, I think, than American Gangster, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but still... It's if you look at the cast, this is just a, a piece of art with deliverance of great individual components, and as a whole, it's just awesome. I mean, maybe, like yeah. the cast in this is just well, I mean, between killer. obviously Brad Pitt, but Jonah Hill, uh, just uh, is an amazing talent. I mean. We, we were talking about my favorite Canadian who does not like Jonah Hill That's correct. very much, but can't deny the talent. And, and, I, and I think the problem maybe with a lot of people who are in our, our age group is a lot of times we associate Jonah Hill with the goofiness and the silliness. Mm. But darn it, if he's not in any powerhouse movie where he's just delivering these great roles and he's awesome at it very believable and i don't even think he smiles in this film it's just it's so natural for him and and unfortunately like i said it's maybe it's a an idea not a stigma but you like i said people people maybe in our age group don't pay attention to him enough as being as good of an actor as he is yeah he's 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 definitely grown in my perspective uh, over the years. Uh, and of course, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman, not a huge part in this film, but you know, he's, he was amazing in pretty much anything he ever touched. Robin Wright shows up again, Look briefly. And again, just shines. We were talking about, even though it wasn't the biggest part in the film, Chris Pratt, this, this launching piece, this springboard uh, to his greater stardom, uh, Showing, flexing, just a little bit of acting muscle. Yeah, and, and if you if you watched sitcom television shows, um, and you watched Parks and Recreation, he was an integral part of that series, but not one of the necessarily main parts. And set in Indiana, by the way. Uh, right. But his just he got a lot of he got a lot of screen time and he just worked that into just the monster that he is now. And I, he, yeah, you're right. His role in this is, you know, not exactly the biggest thing on the screen, but it's you're important. Right. This was a a very good stepping stone. You know, Stephen Bishop, which you've seen in just, you know, a ton of stuff. You may not necessarily realize you've seen him in some things. But uh, yeah, he's he's been around for a little while, and you know he pops up in you know various television shows and such. But 
the one that makes me laugh every time is he was in the rundown as one of his first films that he was in. It's like, oh yeah, he was the 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 quarterback in that film. I mm. forgot about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's always got he's got that little bit of attitude he brings to every role that he does, and it was you know good there and brought it in on this. And it's just yeah, this uh, amazing cast, fun story. Uh, the kid who I'm I'm spacing the name, um, Billy Bean's daughter. Um, there it is, uh, Casey Bean, uh, Karis Dorsey. She was just adorable at that point uh, in time. And so, you know, very much like, oh, you did the father-daughter thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it It just kind of all worked. Yeah, the, the, the storytelling, the acting, the – if you if you look at the, the the thing that's pretty funny to me about this is that it was all built on the success of the team and the team never did anything. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I I love how you have to create the story and you know what the ending is going to be. Well, if you're a baseball fan, baseball fan, you know what the ending is going to be. But how and how you present that for this whole movie and then. You, like <laughs> you know they're gonna lose. You know they're gonna lose. Like you would think in, in Hollywood land, like this is a story of like they did it and they made it and they won. Like no, that's not the case. But uh, in real life, in baseball, this was a springboard for a lot of other teams to do similar things. And although the system isn't perfect, parts of the system do still work. You can look at the Tampa Bay Rays because they kind of do this. They they don't pay their players really anything. And when they get good ones and they keep them along for a little bit, they give them the boot because they can't. The market in Tampa Bay for baseball is just not great. But they're right now consistently one of the best teams in baseball. They just don't ever end up winning anything. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I am not a sports fan at all. But I'm a sucker for a good baseball movie. And this is one of the better baseball films in my mind. Yep. Uh, that's just been one of the things that have been ingrained, I think, in American culture for such a long time. Unfortunately, in modern times, the you know, football is the American um, American sport, but its roots are in baseball. Yeah. So for me, this uh this is another one that I will watch repeatedly. This is on the list of when I'm in a bad mood. This is a handful of films I can watch that will put me in a good good frame of mind. So, for me, that's uh, 93. This is probably our biggest difference in terms of uh, score differential. Differential. Mine's an 82. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's bad. No. It's just maybe not in the same special place in your heart. Not like American Gangster. No. Well, what do you think, fans? Were these some of your favorite films? Uh, let us know. We always love to hear from you. We are on the social media. We're on Twitter. I've just decided I'm still going to call it Twitter because the other name is stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm on X. Yeah. No. How are you now? What <laughs> Are we going to have to take you in, give you a little drug test? No. <laughs> we're on Twitter. We're on uh, uh, we're on uh, Facebook. We are on Instagram. I'm thinking I'm going to break out. I'm going to try a couple of other different things. Uh, once I get more than five to ten minutes a day <laughs> that I can spend on anything. Want to get yourself a Snapchat? Are you? uh, well, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. 
I might do some of those uh, some of those dances. What's the one with the dancing? TikTok. I might do. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, so we'll we'll get to it. We'd love to hear what you think. We're going to come back next week with uh, something just uh, a little bit different uh, than what we've been talking about. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's going to be it's going to be a little more of the same because we love the things that we do. So we're actually going to go back into a top ten list. Now, if you look at our website, it doesn't tell you what that list is. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to talk about our our thing that started our podcast off. A little bit of Chris Cornell. We're going to do a top 10 Chris Cornell song.